So fast. So fast. No, and, and I was telling you, like, Uh-oh. Denzel Washington, like, has, like, one character that he plays just with varying levels of, um, of, like, moral right rectitude, I'd say. Like, just think about any time he's been in a movie. He's kind of the same guy, just, like, either he's going to shoot you or, like, lift you up. You know? Yeah. Welcome to the Transmit Podcast. Where this was not what we were discussing ex- prior to hitting exactly record. exactly what we were discussing. Don't let her lie to you out there in, no. in podcast land. I'm Spike. I'm Victor. I'm Samantha. And we're continuing Black History Month with uh, Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Yes. Yes. But first, we have a whole bunch of weird stuff, which I dug up not totally like an hour ago. I swear to God. Uh, so this first thing is something that I think a lot of people have been hearing about for a little while. Yes. Um, but about the uh, the Tic Tac. When did this year? Still can't explain what he says he saw that, that day. Yeah. November 2004, the Navy fighter pilot was on a training mission west of San Diego when he was ordered to check out something in the water not far away. On a clear day over a smooth ocean, he saw the object, waves breaking over it, and says he saw something hovering above it. It's randomly moving north, south, east, west, just random, you know, just stopping, going the other direction, like you could do with a helicopter, but a little bit more uh, abrupt. It looks like a 40-foot-long tic-tac with no wings. Fravor says he and his four-man team tracked the object for several minutes until it just disappeared. Tonight, CNN has learned the Pentagon had a secretive program to research UFOs like the one Fravor spotted. The project was called the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, run by an official named Luis Elizondo. Uh, I think this a is a national security imperative. At we have clear yeah, it's gotta be something cool. it's gotta things like, that we do not like understand how they work operating in areas that we can't control. A defense official tells CNN the program cost at least $22 million over five years before it was shut down in 2012. According to the New York Times and Politico, which first reported this story, tens of millions of dollars for the project were pushed through by former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Those publications say a lot of the money for the Pentagon UFO program went to a company called Bigelow Aerospace, okay, run by a longtime up. friend of Reid's, Robert Bigelow. He looks big like bl- an evil... He does. He looks like the guy who, like... He looks, you, he's a fucking villain. He, he looks like he's either, like, an alien in disguise or he's the one who's, like, embezzling the money for his obviously fake, like, uh, company. The logo looks like the way that it sounds. That looks like... If someone said, hey... You want to back this up a little yeah, bit? Back Bigelow, Bigelow Space Industry. Okay, so, yeah, this turned from, like, a whole thing to, like, now, like, um, budget... Budget allocation, which, yeah, Bigelow, it looks like a bread company logo or something, right? <laughs> you can't really see and, it. But that red and uh, orange kind of like gradient. But yeah, so th- yeah, this was the thing that we kind of o- that we kind of overlooked because, you know, like 2020 was so damn weird. But, by a longtime friend of Reed's, Robert Bigelow, a big believer Robert, in obviously UFOs. McEvil Bigelow. Public records show Bigelow contributed about $20,000 to Reed and oh. his political action Okay, so hey, here's the proof that he literally is the supervillain. There you go. So no, this the, this is getting into stuff that I didn't want to talk about. So committee. That uh, campaign okay. contributor got research contracts from oh, this program. I'm curious. That just huh? is a bad picture. It doesn't look good for anybody. There's it's hard to imagine that something that came about that way and profited somebody who 
push for the program was a good use of taxpayer money. A Pentagon spokesman, in fact, told CNN the program was shuttered because there were, quote, other higher priority issues that merited funding. It's definitely crazy to spend 20 Okay, well, I guess that's, it's just it's, stopping us. It's so we'll just, it knows. That'll, that'll be it. So, yeah, that, that's the thing. We, we, this is the thing we kind of overlooked that the government just said, oh, yeah, there are UFOs, by the way. But in the next one, though, you'll see that might not be a UFO. This oh, no, I, 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 didn't, I didn't do that one. Yeah, that's the one that that's the second part of this one. You wanted you wanted both. Yes, that that's the part. I didn't want to do both. Well, though it's, it's all part of the same thing. But it's not. Yes, it is. Cause check it out. Now take a look at this object here. And the object will be coming up shortly. Any any second now. We might have lost internet. Okay, we. So may this is why we need to get uh, Elon Musk's Starlink. Yeah, we need Starlink. We need um dark. What's that dark Wi-Fi? Is that no dark um dark fiber? Dark fiber. Dark fiber. It's like it's better fiber optics. Whoa. We need the best optics to be ever be fibered. Like your your movement will be so easy with this fiber. My movement. Oh yes, through the internet. Oh no. You need mm. fiber to move. You mean my surfing? Well, I mean, however my you web surfing. Well, yeah, you move through the internet. You surf the internet, and and when you surf, you move right. So your movements will be very easy. Huh. What's, what's that? Uh, oh, yeah, okay, now we're, we're descending into We're going to pretend that that didn't happen. Okay, okay well, <laughs> future me, maybe cut this out. Right, here we go. Here we go. So this is for high-altitude stuff, and you'll see here roughly tic-tac tape covering... But then, not 40 feet long. Okay, but this, okay, so this is a prototype. And when you're in microgravity, this is just a proof of concept. It's designed to take out idea, uh, ICBMs and stuff. And so you do something a little bigger than that, obviously. Is that shooting guns? No, it's, those are thrusters. So like when you're, in low oh. when you're in microgravity, you don't need constant thrust. You just need to, you know, little bursts of um, very accurate, you know, uh, propulsion. Hmm. So this is one of the things that they've said. This is probably more likely what it is, is this. It can move in weird ways, in ways that, you know, in no plane or helicopter would have to since it's all totally autonomous. Pilots are always going to see things that they just can't identify, and we should probably look into them. But to identify them as UFOs, oh, hey, UFOs and research, almost. but it's not the okay, so a national security matter right now. I say. But pilots like Fravor, who says <laughs> he saw something. It's amateur hour over here. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm, we're, we're all we're a little tired. Listen, I'm, I'm starting a new job at, at a bakery and, um, a bakery. Yeah. Do you drink daiquiris at the bakery? Yeah. Oh no, I play baccarat at the bakery. Do you want to, okay. there's, there's like a minute left on this. Okay. Let's finish this up. See merits in the program. What if it is real? Cause I think it's real. Cause I saw it. I don't see like I mean, the thrusters coming out though. Well, remember nothing. this is like a fuzzy, like military grade thing. Now, just a short time ago, it, it, Senator it looks like Reed it's in respond. thermal vision, not in like, like, you know, color. So that's a different like part of the spectrum, but you did see like a little bit of um, mm -hmm. of a of a thing coming out in the middle of it. Mm. So that's what I was thinking. That it looks kind of like that. That we have mm. these things, and so like who who knows what he's this guy's uh like able to know like what's being tested out there. That thing was kind of cool though. That was I I'm not, I'm not really. Hmm. 
I'm not seeing anything moving. Well, that's the thing is it doesn't have to move. It's just uh, no, you're talking about thrusters and. Well, remember this is this is this is far up in the in the uh, this is way higher up, so you don't need the same. Are we gonna of finish thrust, the video? Or? No. Okay, let's Dang, let's kill says. this. You want to finish it? <clears throat> Might as well since we got this far. <laughs> We're fully into the sunk cost fallacy now. <laughs> Saying he's quote. I feel like if I was listening to this. And it's I feel, I feel like you wanted I was to listen to it, now you're talking over it. <laughs> like if I was watching this, I'd be like, we'll just finish the fucking video already. Okay, shush. Groundbreaking studies speak for themselves, he says. Reed says it's silly and counterproductive to politicize the serious questions raised by the work of the UFO program. The head of that aerospace firm, Robert Bigelow, did not respond to CNN's multiple requests for comment by our deadline. Of course Wolf, he didn't. Brian, there's... Uh, also, apparently there were multiple dead and injured after a train derailed. Wow. Why isn't that in our news and cycle? It's the origin story okay, of it, Unbreakable. There you go. Oh. Another Denzel Washington movie. Nice cut. Nice. That's also information that former Senator Reid uh, <laughs> tried to keep information about this entire program out of public view. That's right, Wolf. The New York. All right. Well, how do you justify nice that? Yeah, we're, we're doing UFO stuff. It's like, it's like, have you been watching the Stargate like TV show or something? What's going on? So they should get um, SpaceX to do it. Yeah, let's, let's have a look. I trust Elon over... Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Deuce Bigelow, UFO gigolo. Who refuses to comment. You keep bumping my arm. Yeah, quit, quit that. Gosh. Uh, dude who's not a supervillain by any means whatsoever. The only picture they have is of him like looking away. Like there's no picture of him just like, hey, how you doing? Of course not. Okay, so this one I, I found to be uh, both weird and fun. Because uh, like... He, Wait, wait, you're to the point where you've now married your 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 sex doll. Good for you. But also you feel like you're not getting enough out of this relationship. But I, I don't know why there's... A because she broke. She, bro she broke. Did I, you even read the story? Okay, look, but he also said that there, that he can marry multiple people. There's, there's precedent for, like, polygamy. So it's not just about the breaking, but it's also about the fact that he, he wants to marry... Instead of fixing her... He's going to marry. No, she's she's in the shop. She's in the okay, so let's let's just read this. Yuri Tulechko from Kazakhstan can't even talk. Kazakhstan flew to Moscow in a bid to meet another sex doll after his wife Margot broke, only to be told he couldn't leave the airport because of the pandemic. Go figure. Right. Uh, so he is a bodybuilder who married a sex doll and now wants several other wives after his first one broke. Um, several. Tragically, just weeks into their happily ever after, Margot broke. Tragically. He says he doesn't want her to break down again and has decided he could have several wives because this tradition exists in some Eastern cultures. He's currently considering two options. I got acquainted online with another sex doll. I even decided to fly to her, meet her. She lives in Moscow, but they didn't let me out of the airport. Like okay, so the thing is, this is interesting. You don't have to worry about tradition when you're talking about marrying your sex doll. I no. like especially like here, you can have whatever ceremony you want, and like no one's gonna say like no no you you can't own five sex dolls. Anyway, it's kind of hot. I mean, the sex doll is hot. It's pretty. He's keen sex doll. to sexually experiment with a big chicken, but not a live one. <laughs> um, so I don't want to like get too into this um but he because i'm not gonna yuck somebody else's yum um but he did uh stimulate himself with 
the, uh, I don't even want to say it. Corpse. Yeah. With the chicken. The chicken corpse. Well, that's, that's a he carcass. He shared a video of himself stroking and tearing flesh off a dead chicken, by the way. Right. To achieve ASMR tingling sensation that can produce sexual pleasure. Well, my only my only thing is not like what, who he wants to bang or what he wants to bang. My thing is he's adding a lot of steps Wait, come into back the to, process. Go back to him in the pink underwear. Right. Listen, that's a bold choice. Listen, when you look like that, are you, are you going to walk up to him and be like, hey, nice underwear, stupid? <laughs> well, the thing is, I don't care. Like, yeah, that he wants to to, to bang a sex doll. Like, listen, I like you. you I remember remember that thing you got me that one year. Hmm. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's not it's not the material, it's the fact that he's like putting a lot of steps into what should be a very easy process. He's treating it like he is courting an actual person. He has so, some culture. So Mike, yeah. he's not he's not a savage. He's not a Visigoth. So Margot, who is still being repaired, will remain as an older wife, and he has vowed to still respect her. Do you think they're going to call each other sister wives? Um, but the so the only issue that i take with this mirror article is that they made a point of talking about um him being in support of lgbt rights and like i i you know it is important to talk about that you know people do support trans rights but like they're talking about it sort of in conjunction like it's literally the same sentence along with his interest in sexual fetishes yuri who spends a lot of time working out is also a passionate campaigner for lgbt rights like you you don't need to have these things in the same sentence let alone the same article like that's it's like they're trying to conflate lgbt rights with sexual fetishes and like it's like they're trying to create an analogy that just doesn't need to be there yeah this whole article is kind of weird and like they're trying to build this guy up as like a weird human being and they're like yeah he's so weird he he fucks dead chickens and he he screws sex dolls and he's an lgbt supporter just a weirdo yeah it's a weird it's a weirdly put together so whenever you're (laughs) listen whenever you're reading a news article of any sort just remember someone might just be an idiot when they write it so (laughs) yeah this this is just all over it's all over all i wanted to say was you're adding a lot of steps to this and look it's a hot that is a hot um was it a real doll is there i don't know how many it doesn't look like a real doll i don't know how many brands there are she has a good face Good face, good rack. I mean, it looks shaping. pretty. It looks pretty. F- I mean, he's and he's. I've maintaining. seen real dolls that have more realistic faces. Ah, well, and he's maintaining. Obviously, he realizes that she doesn't. She can eat whatever she wants and won't gain a pound. He has to keep on his game, mm-hmm. if he wants to keep his literal trophy wife. He looks like um. From the side, he looks like Cesaro a little bit. Antonio Cesaro. Uh, he, 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 he looks like <laughs> can you, can you, he looks kind of like Cesaro ate Jason Statham along with a lot of protein. You don't powder. even know what Cesaro looks like. Well, I'm, I'm getting Spike. a lot. Look, look, I'm getting a lot. Look at the nose. I'm getting a lot of Jason Statham with the baldness and the beard and the and the and the muscularness. So I'm getting that. I'm thinking like he ate him, like uh, got his facial features, and then just really hit the gym. <laughs> he looks. Well, he looks like a wrestler from WWE called Cesaro. Okay. Um, at least from this angle. So this guy's, this guy's a pretty uh, attractive man, I guess. Right. Like, you think he can get real women. He must have a terrible personality. But ladies, he's taken. 
and about to be taken again. He must be really like socially awkward or something. Anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on okay. to a story that I mentioned this and you immediately knew exactly what I was talking about. All right. Um, so a driver broke the indoor land speed record in an electric <clears throat> Porsche, which is called the Porsche Taycan. Um, Turbo S. It looks like so. I saw. Now, is this go? one? Is this a straight up beating, or did they like strap a rocket to the damn thing? Oh, That's no, what I want. There to was, know. there was, there was a TikTok here. No, this is with. Uh, I now think it's gone. No, the TikTok was for something else. Wasn't that no, there was thing? a TikTok here. Okay, this is with all of the factory settings, right? Of the Turbo S Porsche Taycan. Um. Right. That uh, says. Didn't, uh, didn't really appreciate the scale of the record until my first exploratory run. Polished concrete floor in New Orleans. Uh, his speed of 102.65 miles per hour was enough to beat the previous record of 86.99 miles oh. per hour, which was set by Finnish driver Miko Irvonen wait, wait, in 2013. He, how do you, so he got up, he got up to that um, on a polished, so how long was that surface? That's what I want to know. I don't know. So there was a TikTok that was here, and then I turned the internet off and then okay. back on again. So let's just see if when it resets, it brings it back. But oh, here, there it is. Here we go. Oh yeah. See, I told go. you there was a TikTok. Okay, so this, this is a really, really big polished. Okay. That's like an airplane <sighs> hangar or something. He has to stop right before it hits the wall. Right. <laughs> oh button. my! I I literally felt like. My guts clenched. Oh yeah, my when my, he started. My uncle has the Tesla model, the really sporty one, and yeah, he stomped on it on the straightaway on um on the next street over, and yeah, you feel I felt that in my bladder. It was like, oh, man. and that's the great thing about the Porsche. You don't need like the great salt flats to hit your speed record. It's like instant torque. So there's this uh, guy called Unboxing Therapy. He's a pretty big deal on YouTube. Okay. Uh, we watched a couple of his videos. Uh, he likes to review tech. He is buying, he has a Porsche Taycan. No, I think, no, is it a Porsche Taycan? Yeah, I think he has the Taycan. And he's going to buy the Tesla Model S Plaid, Plaid Edition. And he's going to race them. And he's gonna How is keep... he going to race them? He's he's one person. You, you ever see that video? Of or, is, or is he just going to do like he's one got or like, the other? He's got like, uh, he's got friends. like a million subscribers. He's one of those YouTubers that's got like, Okay, how does that, how's that answer the that's question? Employees. To, that's enough to he's clone got himself? He's yeah. got employees. He's going to race well, my thing He's not going to be in it. He's going to be watching no, you're, you're, you're oh. remember No, you remember that um that video of Jean-Claude Van Damme and the two semi-trucks? Uh -huh. He's going to do that with the, with a plaid and the and the Porsche. No. Yeah, that's what I think he's going to do. I like, that's 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 in my head canon now. No. Wow, that's so let's move on. a lot of synchronicity. Uh, we've, oh, yeah. we've got an Adam Carolla video. Boom. Well, I like this because... um. Let's let's refresh. Yeah, we'll this. refresh. So I, I I just like this because I don't know like how you how I can't hear another way. Are we supposed to listen to it? <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Wait, it's not over yet. And then, bam! Like I don't know like how you panic that much. And it's not a lot of sound with this. You don't. It's like a security camera from like in or like a cell phone from inside the building. Bam! Just oh. loud into and like you see this guy like what the. Like, like yeah, and he has the same reaction again. Like, so he, this guy just cares enough about everyone else's stuff. Like down here, I can't stop watching. Right, I need to watch it again. There's a lot of horsepower in that SUV. Look at that. Oops. So yeah, I, I'm gonna get out of here and go forward. Oh yeah. So uh, 
<laughs> what is the thought process there where you say, okay, I'm hitting a car. Maybe I can get okay. out. Of this. The only way out of this is through. And you just I have a, I have a story. I have a story. What story? Is it about Jesus? Tell me it's about Jesus. Okay, so back when I had my Toyota, Shit. my old Toyota Corolla, uh-huh. it was like from the early 90s, I think. Yeah. This was back in 2000, like, I think it was 2007 or 2008. I was learning how to drive. Mm-hmm. It sounds about right. And, wait, um, wait are, you tell, are you telling the parking lot story? Yeah, I was in a parking lot here oh. in Lemon Grove, and there was a, you know how some people leave shopping carts? Yep. In front of, like, the parking block? Oh, yeah, that's that's infuriating <laughs> so i parked in front of a shopping cart i wasn't i was new to driving still right and i went out and i got whatever i needed then when i was it was when i was leaving so there was the car so wait you already had cart. your license at this point and yes. you were, but you were still learning so it was the, the car the shopping cart the parking block and then the rear of the building that I was parked behind. Right. And because that's the thing is that you so can get, like big stucco building. Yeah. You can have your, your driver's license, but they don't, they don't tell you how to deal with situations like this. So I was trying to pull out and then I guess I thought I was going in reverse, but I was going forward. Oh, yep. So I went forward and I hit the shopping cart <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. And then I tried to put it in reverse and then I went further in, I hit the shopping cart again and it smashed against the wall of the building. Tell me it was one of those really good, like, it, t- tell me it had, like, the, the concrete wall and it wasn't stucco. Like, you didn't, like, mess up that. I was like, oh, shit, I pushed it. And then it was, like, stucco. It was, oh. like, concrete Ooh, stucco. Okay, concrete. Okay, that's, that's, and oh, then that's I, great. And then I was like, all right, this time I'm really going to reverse. I'm totes reversing this time. I swear I to God. It. I think some people were watching. And like, oh. You must hate that shopping cart. People just kind of stop in their place when they're watching. Yeah, I would just assume like, oh yeah, he, I'd be like, oh hey, look, he got one of those shopping carts with the with the messed up wheel. It must have been annoying him the whole time. <laughs> so he's just ramming it into the. <laughs> oh, you, so it's like you know how you put it in reverse and you're going like this. Yeah. Uh, then you go forward. So like. Oh. <laughs> so I had it. You know, how like I was like, all right. All right, here we go. I hit the gas and I go forward. That's why. That's why you have to feather the gas. You don't. You don't start like this where they. For some reason, and then I look forward and I'm like, "Oh shit! I didn't mean I was to go forward." <laughs> to go forward. What's like, then I do it again. All right, I got it this time. Yeah, but the thing I is, go, I smash it against the wall. If there was someone there, like they would have died. Yeah. Oh. Um, wait. It was loud too. It was like you can hear like. Well, yeah, it, you're it you're banged hit. against the fire. Well, the yeah, shopping carts flew against the. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, there. A lot of resonance there, let me tell you. Um, um, before I left the hotel, um, this had probably happened, I don't know, a couple months before. So it's probably happened in like October. I don't know. It's like September, October, November. I don't even remember when. But like we literally had this hole in the wall in the parking garage. Maybe it was August. I don't know. It was it was before we all started parking down below in the structure. But there was this massive hole in the wall, literally like a bumper-sized hole in the wall that just stayed there for like months. And I never I didn't know where it came from, but it was like right across from the elevator in the parking garage and they told us that um like an older guest had thought they either thought that they put it in in 
drive or they thought they put it in reverse and their vehicle went the wrong direction and into the wall and like these are thick solid concrete walls and i mean it, it was probably three four five inches Ooh. thick and there was just this massive caved in hole they must have hit the gas so hard that it launched their car into <laughs> the freaking parking that was there for months like we wow. couldn't it's the pandemic we couldn't get it fixed immediately oh yeah that's uh, so much stuff must have been put on hold so that's what that just reminded me of just just massive bumper sized hole with yeah. like caved in pieces of concrete and like rock and there's like i don't know rebar in there it, yeah not, not as funny as your story, but that's what that, that reminded uh, me of. Some people get into, into like some sort of weird thing where they're like, okay, I'm going to do a fishtail out of the parking lot in reverse, but then they forget to put it in reverse. <laughs> yeah. They must have thought like, okay, I'm going to do a Jason's. I just watched the transporter and I have a front wheel drive car. I can do this. I would like to see this recreated and like the person just crash into every single car in the parking lot. <laughs> go forward. Because not only because he hit that, that silver car and probably pushed it into two other cars. So and then and then probably push that, what was that, a BMW into like the Watch red car there. Let's look at that. Like, boom, into another car, I'm betting. It just keeps going, dude. And it's like, instead of just stopping, this is where most people stop. stop. Nope. <laughs> boom. Keep going. Into on. another car. It's the reaction time is like slow. Like, right. if okay. you had backed into it, you'd immediately put the brake on. Wait, 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 like, wait, wait. Brake. Hit. Okay. Brake, brake. What, what do I do? What do I do? Okay, get out of here. Avoid it. I am not insured. Okay, go, go, go. Oh, fuck. Not again. Okay. Oh, man, that's good Was stuff. that turning the steering wheel? Was turning the steering I forgot. Like, no, oh, they, yeah, turn, they turn the steering wheel back in towards <laughs> that parking spot they backed out of. Oh, okay. okay. Let's go. The, okay, what's... um? So let's... <laughs> the whole point is to talk about Malcolm X. Uh, a three-hour-long movie that was we watched over the course of of two nights. Let me tell you this: it it, it feels like a two-hour movie, but not in a bad way. Yeah, I mean, we we were like, yeah, let's just watch like I don't know half of it tonight. We'll watch like an hour and a half. We ended up watching like a full two hours. We did, yeah, because we just couldn't stop watching it. Um, but yeah, let's, let's do the trailer, then we'll talk about do that. The trailer. Wait, is it the actual do you trailer? Know where you came from. What's your name? Malcolm Little. No. That's the name of the slave masters who own your family. You don't even know who you are. Who are you? Say, Roseland. Roseland. Oh, yeah. He was a pusher, a hustler, a thief. You ready to tackle the streets? Oh, yeah, I forgot about Delroy. Oh, yeah, he's great. This dude was real. Respected, convicted. State your number, little. I forgot. In a dream that's divine. He was a prisoner who set himself free. A Muslim must be strikingly upright. I will not touch the white man's drugs, his liquor, his women, so that those in the darkness can see the power of the light. I will not lie, cheat, or steal. I believe you will remain faithful. Yes. 
He was a follower who became a leader. You're not an American. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on us. He brought honor to disobedience. I suggest you look outside that window. You've been laying down and bowing down for 400 years. I think it's time to stand up. All right, break it up. You got what you wanted. Now, I'm not satisfied. That's too much power for one man to have. And a voice to a people who longed to be heard. No, you're saying I'm anti-white. I'm sorry, Betty. I haven't been the best husband. Do you advocate violence? No, sir. That's a weird music choice for that scene. Academy Award winner Denzel Washington's most electrifying performance. Director Spike Lee's most powerful film. Malcolm, can we all live together? I sincerely hope so. Uh, yeah, so I was going to say is like... Um, produced by 40 Acres and Emile Filmworks. Well, I was going to say about the movie itself is like, um, if you ever watched um, the, not not the, uh, the, the the Scarlett Johansson version, but the, the animated version of the first Ghost in the Shell movie, it feels long, but not in a bad way because stuff's... All, and like here, stuff is always happening and it moves along at a good clip. And um, Spike Lee in this does have a really good sense of... Um, how to move the camera to keep it engaging because whenever he's like moving through these crowds while they're talking, he's getting a lot of information, getting a lot of, of uh, and communicating really well, even when, you know, this movie's three hours long. Yeah. Spike Lee is honestly, you know, he, I, he, some people might say that he has, you know, the appropriate amount of recognition for his work, but I think he is not given enough because his film, his film is mastery. It's a very, very good film. Yes. Um, so I, I'd say, um, yeah, this is. As, a... as, I mean, so it feels like a like a even though he um stayed true to like the the an autobiography, or just a book. It felt like it, it. He put this into a three act structure. Well, more more than that, like, but it felt like a structured movie you're watching. But also, you know, but it stays true to the, to the to um to an actual account. So it's very cool to make that so engaging, but also so accurate to the work. So the the movie follows the evolution of Malcolm X from, um, you know, being little Malcolm little to becoming Malcolm X, um, you know, his progress from being um, his father was a preacher, right? Mm hmm you know, being the son of a preacher and growing up and then, you know, experiencing what happened to his parents from a young age um, to becoming what happened you know, to having what happened to him be the same story. What happens to so many young black men, um, particularly of that time, and then, you know, getting the women who got in trouble with he and Shorty pretty much got off scot-free and yet they got 10 years. Um, 
and then, you know, figuring out a little bit more about who he was in prison with, with the help of some mentors, discovering Mm -hmm. Islam and becoming a more reformed man, someone more committed to, you know, being moral and ethical and doing right by people around him, um, you know, becoming the... Well, here, before we go too far, like, how about we get... Did we talk about that that part of the movie from like the childhood up to the prison? Because that's a really good like. I, I just wanted to do oh. a little overview oh, okay. of kind of what it because it's important, okay. and then we can get into details. Okay. Um, becoming the speaker for the Nation of Islam and Elijah Muhammad, and then becoming discontented with what he discovered to to actually be going on behind the scenes behind his back to taking his his hajj his pilgrimage to mecca and becoming you know reformed again you know another step in his evolution um and then you know creating his own mosque and then you know his assassination and kind of a little bit of that aftermath um so it's it's honestly i mean the whole thing is riveting Oh yes, it, it, it's complete. The only reason we broke it up is because it, it's a three-hour-long movie, and we needed to sleep at some. So, like, if we if we'd set up the day for it, if we didn't have like, if we didn't have work, if I didn't come in later that day, we probably wouldn't have been able to watch the whole thing and really not lo- not really feel it that much. If this were made today, it would probably be like a Netflix miniseries. Oh yeah, they make it, and they did kind of they kind of do something like that with one night in um in Miami. They did they. They have, they have a, something with Malcolm X meeting uh, some other. Uh, yeah, I, I'm really curious about that movie. Yeah. So we'll, we'll that's, talk. On, that's on Amazon. Oh, um, but they, I mean, they they could have. I mean, uh, Ava DuVernay did the um, Central Park Five. That was and that was that was a mini series. They could do the same treatment of Malcolm X's story. I think that would be a good choice. But, I mean, realistically. I don't know if that's really necessary because we have this movie and it's very good. I don't think you yeah, should yeah, yeah. remake good it's still, stuff. It still holds up. And I think. Um, I'm not saying remake it, mm. but have another telling of it in <laughs> more bite size and you can go into more detail. Yeah. That's, that's true because they do. Like, for, even though it is very accurate to the to the material of the book, it, they do also have to like condense and like mm-hmm. do some things to like. Uh, who's the, the guy he meets in the movie? He meets in prison again. He meets someone named Baines who. It's an amalgamation of several yeah, people. Yeah, they condensed several people into one person to be like his one mentor. But he had he had a few people that mentored him within prison and then after prison. Yeah. So well, as a child, though, he well, because it, it, he, he it is Denzel Washington as at the same age, but they just kind of like put him in a in a suit and have Mac very childish. <laughs> and realistically, like he's like, what's he supposed to be when he's wearing the zoot suit, like playing with his friend, like shoot, they're playing cops and robbers or something? I don't. know. I just think it. Oh yeah, what are they supposed to be doing? I don't know. Yeah, they're like, but they're sitting there in suits. Like, when was the last time you wore any kind of suit and like did like pa 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 pa? Like that's a sign of the time, I guess. But the he like, and, and people could see through it because this is him as a very much more less mature person. He was supposed to be like nineteen years old, okay. I think, around that time that the that, that was um that was being represented. Okay. So I just think of the mask know. when I see. Yeah, it, well, the the score does it does feel like that in a lot of places. But no, yeah, um. And I think of that other movie. Um, what's the one? American Me, with Zoot Suit Riots. You guys? Oh, uh, I, I haven't seen that one. Edward James almost. I haven't seen that one. I love him. But yeah, so um, well, that's like one. the Mexican Malcolm ah. X movie. <laughs> so, which you liked the Russian roulette scene? Oh yeah, I uh, I love that because so after he um, 
after he gets to a new town and he meets up uh, with some uh, with some criminal elements, he um he starts like do he he plans a robbery and like this guy he's uh, working with like is trying to like take control of his little gang with his girlfriend and his buddy from childhood and his mm-hmm. girlfriend, and he just pulls out this thing where he pulls out the little thirty eight and starts like pulling the trigger at his head and like and you can see the bullet like in the cylinder so I'm sitting there like oh he didn't pocket that I can see the brass the ring but then later it shows that he kind of he pulls it out but you know I think that was just a, a flub in the in continuity yeah or maybe he just was that crazy because he's sitting there going up to his to his buddy it's like don't ever mess with somebody who's he's like touching him with the gun like this <laughs> it's like I'll blow off your nose want me to blow off your nose like he's calling like a Daco nose I'm like whoa that shit flew it, he, I mean he just he was proving oh, yeah, that he, he was not afraid right you know but that's not all and, and, and they show easily that that is not a sign of maturity that just being a mad dog person that doesn't make you really tough that just makes you like I mean, they, 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 they say that young people have this impression that they are invincible until they get older and they learn better. So that's, you know, probably youthful naivete and, you know, believing that they are invincible until he and Shorty get (laughs) caught. They get caught and robbed. Yeah. In the middle of him doing his hair, and that was almost well, the, the robbery itself was almost like a Family Guy sketch, sketch, sketch. Right? Like you remember, like when they say, "Remember that time we tried to rob rich people?" Because they're sitting there, like the guy's sleeping, and they're like trying to like grab stuff off of him. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that was <laughs> pretty funny. No, but yeah, you were saying like yeah, they caught him. That was sketchy. Yeah. Um, he was he was getting his hair relaxed. Yes. Um, which like the first time they show that in the movie, he about like runs out of the 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 barber shop losing his mind because yep. it's burning so badly um and then you know he's done it so many more times now it's just no big deal and <laughs> but it started to get to the point where like if he doesn't wash that out he's he's going to be scarred for life yeah I, I first saw this movie as a child and i thought like did they shut off his water before they broke like why would they shut off the? But there he It's probably just as a. It was a comic scene, or maybe they did shut off the water because he was poor. I'm not sure. You know what? They might have actually. I I thought about that, and I was like, "Wait, where did the water go?" And and I thought that you know it was just they didn't pay their bill, but then the cops showed up, and so they think that's, that's a very that's, weird coincidence. That's too. That, that timing is too perfect. That was a hundred percent a setup. Yeah, and and I liked it when they when they got handed down the sentence, and it's like five years, five years, five, and like his buddy just collapses. It's like I had to explain to him what concurrent. They both play it as like you know a sign of like the injustice, but also for comic effect very well. Yeah, that yeah. was Shorty's reaction was pretty perfect. Yeah, played by Spike Lee, just ridiculous. Um, but then then we you know we went in, we saw his time in prison where he was really standoffish and um immovable when it came to the guards and their treatment of him uh until he met his mentor who you know baines who is sort of that compilation of people um who was like you're young and dumb yeah but let me introduce you to something that can help you grow up and become a better person Mm -hmm. become a better man um, and, and I that's think, when he introduced him to the nation of Islam. Yeah. And I think this, um, he, his religious experience is like a lot of people's religious experience who may need it is like, there are certain levels of religion that are good for beginners. Like in Buddhism, you don't study the Kabbalah. 
until later on, or not no, not Buddhism until um, in um, Judaism, and then there are other like in um, in the Buddhist faith there are like levels of um, religion you can't study until you've mastered other stuff, and this is where I think he gets just the hard structure of don't do this, do this, be right, and you see it in the trailer, uh, don't lie, cheat, and he really really needed that structure, and it and in that way the Nation of Islam gave him a lot of true things mm-hmm. about how to like morally handle yourself how to uh um you know don't drink I and mean, really he needed that to not drink to not do drugs to you know and maybe the don't have sex with white women is a little iffy but you know it, it structure was good for him overall even though it also kind of like gave him a very angry militant viewpoint yeah it was a little problematic in kind of the philosophy that um was put on top of it because it's America, it's the sixties and it's like kind of like black people are taking this religion because they want to have something that's yeah. truly their own. And you like see it. Oh, and when, Christianity is yeah. like long time been like a white religion. Yeah. And, you, and, you and so see they're them. adapting it to themselves and like every religion does this. Yeah. Every religion will add stuff to it that is not necessarily in the religious right. writings. Yeah. They'll just add like, oh, see Christianity and the saints. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I think that part of the the reason they say you know don't sleep with white men, white women it's it's protection it's a layer of protection against what happens to black men historically when they are are they look at uh-huh. a white woman when they um, get entangled with white women, bad things happen to black men. And I can see yeah. that. I, I, and, but they should, like, in this sort of, like, well-made film where they communicate so well all the feelings, all the motivations, that would have been something I really would have liked to have seen, like, told to but him. But they, they did. They will, so they didn't say it really outright, but they showed it to you in that scene where they're getting convicted. The white women had basically the most minimal of repercussions. Meanwhile, these black men, their first offenses on record and they're getting the full maximum sentence possible. And I mean, they sure they were stealing from white people, which is also part of it, but here they're involved with these white women who are encouraging them and everything. And the white women basically get off scot-free and the black men go to prison for 10 years. Prison industrial complex. <laughs> I mean, we so, could honestly, we could, we could go down this like massive list on, on what happens to black people. What has happened historically to black people. Yeah. But, but we don't, we don't have time for that. That's We're another, talking about that. That's a whole other, that's conversation, a whole other conversation that probably yeah. wouldn't end up on this podcast. Well, we, unless we talk about that, Documentary thirteen or whatever. Well, we'll 13. talk. Well, next time we do a doc, we'll do a documentary month next year. We got this year planned out. Um, that's a whole so, different thing, though. Yeah, that's a whole different thing. So, so he he gets out of prison, and he's uh he's um also got a letter from the honorable Elijah Elijah Muhammad. At this point, he just yeah. calls him that. He's fully accepted Islam into his uh into his life, and he meets Elijah Muhammad. Right. Who um is this sort of charismatic? leader of the nation of islam like a like a like a like a religious slash political slash philosophical leader Mm -hmm. yeah um 
And so he sort of handpicks Malcolm to be his voice for the nation. And, you know, he's traveling all around. He's um, passing along the word of the nation and of Elijah Muhammad to uh, black people in the streets um, and, and then in like community centers. Yeah. You know, he like, goes from being this like, like handing out pamphlets mm -hmm. to being on a ladder to being in a mostly empty room to being in that room full to now and then eventually to stadiums. And he starts making money and doing well for himself too. He does get so money from that, but then we later find out that they're they're giving him a pittance because yeah. of Jeff because of their and this is the thing that we were, we're running up up to now is um, he gets very popular and be and they at first it's they show like uh, on film that Elijah Muhammad is giving him like protection. But later on, you know, he, he starts to also be jealous of the threat he becomes. He's becoming so popular. He becomes like a media kind of sensation. Yes. Yeah. He, his sound bites get taken mostly out of context. And uh, he gives the Nation of Islam kind of a bad name, kind of uh, a, an appearance that they don't want to have. Well, yeah. Also, like the, 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 his statements on um, Kennedy. Oh, was, yeah. It was, that was what really did it. And he was... And Kennedy was so loved, like that's a, that he. I think there, like he did let his um his gravitas go to his head a little bit there. Kennedy was, he, he was a very loved president. Like you, you, regardless of any other baggage, the the country loved his ass. Yeah, especially yeah. the white community. So. I think I think you can mm. say I, I think he was he can, assassinated for a reason. I think you can say he's he was charismatic, pretty charismatic. But oh, yeah, um, there were there were people. Who knows if it was like half the country, but there was a small group of people that were very anti-Kennedy. Oh, yeah. So Malcolm starts to realize because his wife, Betty Shabazz, Shabazz um, is like, are you not paying attention to what's happening around you? Yeah. You are getting, we have nothing. We have the clothes on our backs and we have each other, but... All of these other people who are high up in the nation are thriving and we are surviving. There's something wrong here. And that's when Malcolm starts to realize that Elijah Muhammad is not exactly who he claims to be. Yeah. Um, and he realizes that all of these things that he's been taught, um, you know, what to look for in a wife and how to treat a woman and how to be a good member of the nation are not virtues that Elijah Muhammad is, is actually staying true to. The man got at least three of his secretaries pregnant, yep. was not taking care of them or the children. And when he was confronted with it, he was like, Oh, that's just people putting stories into your head. And Malcolm's like, I've are you freaking serious? And I met them. And also, like, then he starts to go like, well, I obviously have to plant my seed in fertile soil. <laughs> like, boy, so, like language that you, you wouldn't even think to say today. Like, I got, I got to put it in, fer like, in your fertile soil, honey. Like, ugh. Yeah, it was just, it was gross and it was awful. And this is where, yeah, he becomes disillusioned. Like, it, it, he learns, like, um, you know, like, he... He may be the true ideologue of this faith, but uh -huh. maybe like, but the people he respects the most 
aren't or do not share like his level of commitment. And I think that really shook him and that obviously and showed in this. I I think Malcolm X he had loftier, more ambitious goals. He was trying to change the country. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the nation of Islam was trying to uh a decent effort, a good faith effort to try to help the black community survive in kind of this world where they're, you know, black people are kind of basically second class, right? So they're, they're trying to create a community, something to help people and survive. And he's wanting to like actually change things. He's wanting. And on the leadership day, they want us to, they, they may have like those side goals, but really what you see is like enriching themselves at a certain point once they get power becomes a high priority, which in this movement is unacceptable. It, I mean, and both both goals are certainly have a place, and they're not. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive goals. No, no. Um, but I mean, the whole idea behind the Nation of Islam was preservation and survival, and then you know, eventual thriving of the Black community in America, particularly. Um, and Malcolm X was speaking to that. Um, and I think it was after he left the nation and after he went on his Hajj that he really started to open himself up to realizing that he has a, he had, you know, the opportunity to make change on a larger scale than, you know, only the black community, which again is important. Um, but he, he wanted to change the minds and the hearts of more the more global of of many people if you if you saw in the movie they kind of showed that mainstream america didn't really know about the nation of islam no one knew who elijah muhammad was but everybody knew who malcolm x was like he made a big splash so uh, so he was he was he was like pushing forward to try to get everybody in the country to hear his well the thing uh, i want to go back is um when we're talking about like how these goals are not mutually exclusive like like, you know, they show, like, like um, uh, Elijah Muhammad, he could not, like, be the upright citizen, like Malcolm X, like, uh, committed to being in prison. I must be upright in all things. But you see him, like, uh, and this is a really good part of, like, showing uh, Malcolm X do this. He shows up at the guy who wants to kill him, his old gang buddy. Um, what, what, was his, what, what was his name? His gang name? He had a really cool, like, gang name. You're talking about Delroy Lindo's yeah, character? Yeah, his character. He, well, yeah, this guy, he obviously has some sort of neurodegenerative disease. Oh God, that was just, it was heartbreaking, but it shows him like this man who like, he, he Mm. had to leave town because like West Indian Archie, that's that's a great name. (laughs) You see, he's fallen on such hard times and it's like, he has like a sickness and he shows up and he helps him like work his arm. And he's like, he's there for somebody who realistically, and like before this, if he was still like in shape would have killed him, (laughs) just would have shot him run on the spot. Or, like, maybe, I forget what he said, like, I just needed to, had to scare him, maybe. I had to rough him up. But still, like, for all Denzel, or, sorry, for all Malcolm knew was that he was going to die if he met him again. And he shows up and helps him out. And it really shows that he, he, he at his core, he has, like, from the top to bottom, a, a good moral core. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it was crazy to see this guy had, what was his name, West Indian Archie? West Indian Archie, yeah. that was a great name. He had... S- so much money. He, had, he like, was a real person too. He yeah. was doing so well for himself and with crime. But then, you know, at the end of his life, he's in a really messed up, yep. crappy apartment, basically wasting away. Yeah. 
It was pretty. Himself. It was pretty awful. And that that I think is. I don't know if that really happened, but it, at least for the movie, like that was a really like like reaching out to your enemy in that way is a very powerful way to show like he is at his core a good person. Yeah. So yeah, he goes to um, he goes down his Hajj. Well, before that, oh, yes. um, he when he leaves um the nation in to start his own sect of islam uh the nation starts screwing with him yes and he knows because he's trained these people that's what they make sure that it's clear yeah so was it before or after he got back from his hajj that they literally blew up his house i think it was before yeah they he's like at home with his wife and his children and they threw a molotov cocktail through the window of his house into his girl's bedroom yep like this dude, this dude was, was out for blood and he knew that, that they were sort of after him because one of the nation guys, this was, so this was like sort of before he fully eventually actually left. Yeah. This was like what truly spurred him to leave. I think, um, at least in the movie is that one of his detail was like, I was supposed to plant a bomb in your car, but I can't do it, man. You know, I respect you too much. And he's like, go home. Don't think about this. Just go home. Don't follow me. Don't become one of my people. Just go home. Um, and so then he was on high alert after that. Yeah. And that's when he blew up his house with his children in bed. Um, but then, at, you know, after that is when he did go on his Hajj. And he visited the Holy Land. And this, yeah, this was his next like big evolution as a person from going yeah. from militant to seeing like that Islam is it's a huge religion, like true. Like he went to Sunni Islam is when he was like educated that you know. He he actually had a was... contact with a Saudi prince, I think, oh. who oh. who got him like a guide to go around like the city and to go to different places. Um, but this, I wanted to, to highlight this picture. This is what it's like. Um, and you can sort of see kind of the spiral that forms yeah. as people circle it. You have to do how many circuits again? I forget. So let me read this. The rites of pilgrimage performed over five to six days. And it's a pilgrimage made to the Kaaba, the house of God. So that black box is the Kaaba? Yes. Um, cool. I always thought it looked like a spaceship, and I, I still I still theorize that it might be a spaceship. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's another form of a TARDIS. That's, there's another time. We just there. don't know how it works. Okay. One of these days, it's just going to take off. It's a hot uh, take, bro. So <laughs> one of the things that we saw was the ritual of Tawaf, which involves walking seven times counterclockwise around the Kaaba. Um, and so that's what you're seeing is this circular motion except i get they're probably they're going this way yeah it's, it's so yeah they're it's not depending really, on how this picture is right and, and, it's, and it's, yeah it's not like they have like lines and like lanes for people to stay and you just you, know, you, you do your circuits and you do your prayers oh. yeah it's i mean it's it's beautiful um and then they showed i mean this is literally like a massive day or massive like week of 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 it um, Islamic. They showed the Arafat, um, which is the on the second day. It's the ninth Dual Hijjah. 
for anyone out there, I apologize. I'm probably butchering, but I'm trying. Um, so they go 12 miles east of Mecca and they stand in vigil um, and they, you know, s- supplicate, repent and everything. And they listen to a sermon. Um, and so that's, here's an image of people at the Arafat. And Malcolm X did all of this stuff, right? Yeah. He did all of it. He did the oh. whole thing. Um, I think- so, so, yeah, upon making this, like, yeah, this, you know, the, this change in his life, he's, he evolves again and, like, becomes, like, I guess, yeah, more, like, global view of uh, Islam and how to deal with problems and how to bring people, t- you, you know, it, it becomes, like, you know, he still, like, says, like, listen, we got injustice, you know, out the ass here. But well, I don't think he, I think that's a direct quote. We have injustice out the ass. That, that sounds like him. Um, but, you know, he starts saying, like, listen, I'm not going to call him the honorable Elijah Muhammad anymore. He's not Elijah Muhammad. And, uh, you know, he, he may, and he, he seems like he's not, like, openly antagonistic at this point. But, you know, he's still, like, a very popular person and a threat, I think. He was 100% a threat to the nation. Oh, yeah. Um, at least, for, uh, uh, not, from the same, not from the same violence point that we see at the end of the movie, but from a, like, it's taking away their their um their their base of uh, of followers. I was gonna say that when he was doing that, he saw that um, pretty much every color, every race, every human, every type of representation was Islamic. And that's and it's a beautiful because like, yeah. it was it was Muslims from all over the world, oh, yeah. right, coming together and doing that. And it's a beautiful yeah. like you know just thing that that transcends you know the color of your skin and you know like and you all believe in the same you all we're all talking to the same God. Mm-hmm. As far as they're concerned, so yeah, I can imagine that that had huge impact at switching up his um, beliefs. And and you see that later, as he says, like, and you see it in the um, in the trailer, like, you know, my friends are you know red, yellow, black, white, all of them. Mm-hmm. And it it just shows, like, yeah, like, and I can see, like, for multiple reasons now, like, not only his popularity, his charisma, but also like this shift in tone is a way to like is gonna could draw what like people more moderates and like just a whole lot of people to his to his mosque and then what would what they would see as his movement. Um, something that I really want to talk about um, because so much of what we're taught in schools is about the Malcolm before he went to Mecca. The fire and brimstone guy. <laughs> yeah, the one who wanted to create a separate country for black people away from whites um and we maybe it's because he was assassinated so soon after this change happened within him i mean but he still had time to like write an autobiography so i don't know but it's like i don't know it's like history books want to pit malcolm against martin they want Malcolm X versus Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. Mm. And they they want to vilify him. I mean, at least now, because back then nobody liked either of them. But, you know, as history has passed down, they want King to be, you know, this angel, this saint, this uh, paragon of of nonviolent resistance malcolm was also nonviolent in resistance he just said yeah. if 
you know, we will protect ourselves, but we're not going to actively fight unless the fight comes to us. Hey, you cannot like he, he did not have a very impeachable view on violence. There's no like way you could say like, no, no, he advocated for X, Y and Z. No, he didn't. You know, he but we we never really at least those of us who are not black never have really gotten to know about the Malcolm that he became the um this evo you know this next step in his evolution where he wanted to just change everybody he wasn't just focused on you know as you called it fire and brimstone he was such a different person and we don't hear enough about that yeah and I, that is such a huge disservice to his memory and to the legacy that he should have left behind um because he honestly like he's an a hugely inspirational historical figure and dr king also is fantastic but we shouldn't be pitting them against each other because their ideas and their virtues can coexist and overlapped an awful lot yeah when he was you know deep in the nation of islam he had a lot of things to say about dr king and other black leaders of the time um but he changed and said i am not going to speak against these other people who are trying to further the cause of civil rights trying to further the cause of black people in america that's not who i want to be that's not helping anything and we don't hear enough about that yeah. and that's a problem and this does lead me to like my the main weakness i have in the movie because it's at the very end and it speaks to your point is that the matter to um uh, i'm totally bit, um the director himself, God damn, I'm Spike, Spike Lee. Lee. God damn, why am I? I'm totally. I need more sleep. You need to stop cursing. Bakery hours are a murder. Okay, but Spike Lee, he um, he kind of undercut what you said there about the very end because at the very end of the movie they show a quote from him in his more radical radical time of "by any means necessary," and that does not represent really the philosophy that like he ended with that you know got him killed and like. And, like, they do kind of portray him, I think, a bit as a savior in the movie, which is fine because, like, you know, the savior dies. And you see at the very end, you can see it written on the walls in that final scene where it's like, no one's here. What's going on? Leave me alone for a minute. And, like, you could tell, like, oh, he's about to die like, right now. So I, I have a thought about that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't it's, – it's not advocating violence. It's not advocating – True. You know – it's it's just it's not advocating violence but for so long the black community has experienced oppression civil rights abuses slavery segregation jim crow all of these things that have been done to them and they have resisted and tried to fight back and take back their power i mean We've Tulsa, you know, so it's just I think it's just a reclamation. I mean, and this is my take. Mm. And, you know, I I'm, I'm just a white person who isn't actively living the experience of black people in America, but it's a reclamation of power. Um, 
in its, you know, take office, it's speak out, it's speak from the pulpit, speak in the streets, um, you know, march and advocate and shout and, you know, by any means, any, the means could truly be anything. It could be political, it could be social, it can be everything. And it's, I think it's just, it's reclamation of power, taking back agency. I, I can get that, that viewpoint, but uh, I like that. That's the mind is that like they took a very specific one that, that can be very like antagonist. Uh, there are much better probably um, quotes for him. Because uh, you look at it from a thematic viewpoint, is they show this very specific arc of his character, and then they put a they take a quote from further back in that arc at the very end. So that uh, so for structure structurally in the movie wise, uh, for as far as the movie goes, I think that that was that was a bit of a weakness there because it took us back, it regressed us as far as that character arc. I I can see what you're trying to say. I think that's just okay. nit- nitpicking, um, because. Well, we Spike, should still be looking at the whole of the person. Oh no, I, I'm looking at the whole. No, I'm, I'm not talking about like Malcolm X. I'm talking about the filmmaker Spike Lee yeah. when he took that, like because th- there are probably quotes if he wants to go for that that would be much better and would fit the tone of the ending, and yeah. where that character was at. Well, I guess where this person was at. Spike Lee probably had a specific reason for choosing that. We don't know. And for it's sure, it's, but... his, it's his movie. They and that's. I, I yeah I would I would again say it's reclamation of power and agency probably I, th- I think um what I why uh Malcolm X might be seen as antagonistic through a historic lens is he's very individualistic mm. like he was he wasn't like a good Christian like you know Martin Luther King he was he's not like kind of like the safe black guy that we want to remember. Like he's kind of aggressive. He will shoot you if you try to fuck with him. Like he's not like he's got weapons and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's not like the safe kind of, I do like that picture they recreated of him with the gun, with the, with the <laughs> yeah. jungle clipping. That was, that's great. But that's a good picture. That's he's great. not this like safe person. Like he's aggressive. And I think like, um, it's kind of maybe Spike Lee, I'm not sure about with that quote, but with this film, he's, he's probably, he's trying to say like, we don't have to be like safe for you. We can be ourselves. We can be individuals. We can be Islamic. We can be Christian, atheist, whatever. We can have these beliefs, but it's, but like, you know, um, our take is that we're going to, when we get like, you know, equality or whatever, when, whatever that is, whenever that happens, it's going to be because like, we're individual humans, not because we're fitting into this like step-by-step process of first you do this and then you do this and then you get them to like you. And then, you know, you're a Christian and then, you, then slowly, little by little, you'll, they'll start to accept you. Like, I don't think that's the, that's totally not the, maybe that's Martin Luther King, but that's not uh, Malcolm X. That's not, that's not, at least that's the feeling that I get. It's mm. not the good little obedient uh perfect example of a citizen in society. Yeah, that's like that's why like Martin Luther that's King why wasn't jazz, that either. Jazz and Motown like, kind of fell off and then um rap started, you know, coming into play. All right, I think 90s. now we're we're start we're starting to meander around. How about we uh I so um 
we touched on his his death a little bit, but that was again orchestrated by the Nation of Islam. Yeah, they, they um, that was a that was a pr- pretty brutal uh, scene. Yeah, that it was it was hard. Yeah. That was a really hard scene. Um, and it had um, it was in front of his children. Yeah, you want to talk about John Carlos? John Carlos. Oh yeah, he was the oh, Moff, yeah. Moff Gideon Listen, ass- I, assassinated Malcolm X. Fan theory, yeah, fan, he's uh, he he died and was reborn in the Force as Moff Gideon in a galaxy far, far away. Now I understand um, where his place in <laughs> where his evilness comes from. Malcolm X is. I don't know. It's worse than that. Killing Malcolm X or. Trying to kill Baby, Baby Yoda. Yoda. Well, listen, I think they're, listen, I'm not saying one's bigger than the other. I think they're in the same, maybe. <laughs> what's, what's the book he say seems about? seems like the type that can get baby hands. Yeah, what, what, is, what, <laughs> what, is, what does that book say about um, um, the Force and, uh, Moff and Moffs? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's nothing. Sorry. Oh. See, that's, that's, what, that's what more autobiographies need is more, more talk about the Force. That's what we need. So... Um, before we wrap up, I want to say that I've had this book, the autobiography of Malcolm X, um, on the bookshelf for all of this afternoon. She got it today. Uh, she uh, ordered it. <laughs> I've, I've, I've had it on the bookshelf for probably six months. Um, I bought it. You had that for years, haven't you? No, I, it's been about six months. I was actually talking to my mom about it. She's actually read the book before. Um, but I think I bought it about six months ago and it's been sitting there and I, you know, the pandemic has, you know, it made me really exhausted and tired and, you know, not energized in any way. And so I didn't have, I just, I didn't have the wherewithal to pick up an actual book. Um, and then I've started my new job. Um, it takes up a lot of time. So, you know, I, I get up, I work from six o'clock in the morning until sometimes like five o'clock at night, depending on my day. Um, and then, you know, we eat, we do a couple of things and then it's next thing I know it's like 10 o'clock. So I haven't read this, but, um, I would have lied and just said, yeah, I totally read. It's great. No, I, I mean, this is this movie really made me realize that I need to read the actual book um, because the the movie felt so full, but there's I can there's so much more that I know that that Spike Lee just wasn't able to pull from this, um, and it is 466 pages, and so I got I got I'm gonna the, read it. I got the latest Laurel K Hamilton book on audiobook, so I'm probably gonna be reading that. I think it, uh-huh. I think this one features the Rat King, who's a were rat. So that's that's my thing. All right. Okay. Anyway, okay. look, I think uh, listen next uh, next week we're doing um, African American Klansmen. Um. So uh, get, that's not a good joke. Uh, um. Yeah. Black we're, Klansmen. Okay, we're doing Black Klansmen because Klansmen. There's like three Ks in that. Anyway, thanks for listening to the Transmit Podcast. Don't you do it. I'm Spice. I'm Samantha. I'm Victor. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Taking everything from me. <laughs> <laughs>